You've found the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Delight your soul, feed your spirit, and sharpen your mind with anointed teaching and discussion on subjects such as faith healing, miracles, end-time prophecy, holiness, and everything that apostolics love. And now here's your host, pastor, author, blogger, and teacher, Charles Rodas. Welcome to Everything Apostolic. Well, praise the Lord. This is Charles Rodas, your host of Everything Apostolic. It's so good to be back with you on another podcast. We're going to finish up Romans chapter 6. Now, a couple weeks ago, we uploaded the uh, audio podcast of Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 14. And for you that have listened to that, I'm going to give you the, the balance of the chapter today. Now, if you haven't heard that first part of the chapter, okay, please listen to that before you listen to this podcast. Very important to listen to that part of Romans chapter 6 before you launch off into this part of the chapter. So I'm going to begin reading... In Romans chapter 6, I'm going to read, start at verse 11, and just kind of, uh, we're going to start, of course, at 15. That's where the comments will start, but just to kind of give us a heads up uh, a little bit on where we were. (laughs) All right, uh, so verse 11, likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but ye yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. All right, now verse 15, Romans chapter 6, verses 15, through the balance of the chapter, which is the last verse is 23. Okay, so Paul says here in verse 15, what then? Shall we sin? Because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Now, if you remember the last part of the chapter, the first part of the chapter, <clears throat> that kind of talk uh, also went on. So Paul is continuing with this theme about sinning because we're under grace. Because that's the attitude of the Christian church world today, as I like to say, the worldly churches. They like to feel and teach that we sin every day and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, they sin every day and there's nothing they can do about it because they're not truly born again. We know if you're not born again of the water and the spirit, Acts 2.38, you know, 
you know, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, you know, and a reference to John 3, 5, being born again of the water and spirit. So if a person's not truly born again, yeah, they're definitely going to sin every day and there's not anything they can do about it because they live completely in the flesh. They have not the spirit of Christ, so they are none of his. So, but Paul says, God forbid, you know, we cannot use sin um, as an excuse because we're in the flesh. Yeah, we make mistakes. But to yield ourselves purposefully to uh, accept sin as something that is natural to us is completely error because it should not be natural to us that are born again. That's right, verse 16. Know ye not, now watch this verse, know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey. Now let me say on the outset right here, this this word servants, <coughs> pardon me, the word servant in the Greek is simply a slave. Now, a slave in Bible times and possibly in parts of the world today, a slave could have been one of two things. It could have been somebody taken captive against their will, and they were forced into slavery. As we know it, as we have that in the history of the great country, United States of America, and probably most all countries have had slavery at some time. Of course, forced slavery is always wrong. Yes, it is always wrong. But that happened, all right? And again, no doubt it still happens today in uh, the world. <clears throat> but he says, I Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, or slaves to obey, his servants or slaves ye are to whom ye obey. whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So you are you a slave to sin or are you a slave to righteousness? Now, this is the question. Okay, if we're born again, we should not be a slave to sin. We're not, slave is not our sin. Sin is not our master. Sin is not your master. If you've been baptized in Jesus' name and have been filled with the Holy Ghost, sin is not your master. Jesus Christ is your master. You cannot serve two masters, Jesus said. Jesus said no man can serve two masters. And here we can see either you are the servant, you are the slave to sin, or you are a slave to righteousness. The other kind of slave is a person that committed his will as a servant to live um, uh, on the premises or in the home of an individual, to be their servant, quote-unquote, a slave that no doubt got wages, that was treated fairly. Um, and yes, they they worked in the home. They worked for their quote-unquote masters, but either way, a slave gives up their rights. 
as a slave. Now, Jesus, uh, Jesus now his, his burden is light, but the burden of sin is heavy. And what Satan puts on an individual through sin, <clears throat> and when sin is your master, that is no light burden. That is an extremely heavy load. And you do what your master says. You have given up your rights to sin. Now think about it. when you were in sin, you know, you were partaking in something. You know, there were people that partook in adultery and fornication. There were people that gave themselves to alcohol, some to all kinds of illegal drugs, right? Um, some uh, were given over to anger and fighting and resentment and bitterness. And so there's all types of sin, as we know. But praise the Lord, you are no longer a slave to sin. You do not have to sin. No, you're not. You're not a slave to sin. Because you're not a slave to sin, and Jesus is your master. Hallelujah. You have become a slave to righteousness. It is your honor. It is what you desire to do to be a servant and a slave unto the Lord Jesus Christ. You do it with honor. You do it with love. You do it of your own free will. Praise God. Uh, he will never hold you uh, as um, a slave or a servant against your will. But you know what? When you are a servant to sin, when you, you just think about what you were a slave to, you couldn't get away from it. You were bound by it. You were bound to it. It was like a ball and chain, amen, on your ankle. You were controlled by it, amen. If the, you know, if that, if that uh, sin said, go smoke me, guess what? You went and lit it up. If that sin said, come and drink me, you opened the bottle or the can and you drank that alcohol. Whatever your master was, you did it. Hallelujah. But thank God, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Yes, a slave gives up their rights. That's right. And when you came to God, you gave up your rights. Yes, you did. When you came to Jesus Christ and you were born again, you gave up your rights. You said, no longer am I going to do my will. I came to God. Uh, listen, at some point, knowingly, unknowingly, consciously, subconsciously, I gave up my rights. I said, okay, I want to serve God. I don't want to serve sin anymore. I don't want to serve the devil anymore. I don't want to do the things that I used to do. Verse 17, but God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. You were the slaves you were a slave. Think about those slaves. They beat them on their back. That's right. They beat them. They forced them into things that they did not want to do. That's right. That's what you were doing. You were forced into sin because you were a slave to sin. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. That's right. When you heard the gospel, you said, yes, I 
you begin to repent and you begin to lay down this world and you begin to let things go and you begin to turn away and walk away from your old habits, your own vices, your old addictions, uh, the sins that you did, the things that you wanted to do. You begin to walk away from it and you begin to obey that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Looking at verse 18, being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Oh, I love that. See, we need to know these things. It's vital that you know how free you really are. Until you see, G, what did Jesus say? Jesus said in the book of John, St. John, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And see, you're not going to be free until you know the truth. Just like right now, you may have not been as free as you could have been. Maybe until these lessons, these lessons here in Romans chapter, chapter 6 should set a person free. This truth should make a person free. Why? Because they were free from righteousness. But now we need to be free from sin. Verse 18, being then made free from sin. You're free from it. No more shackles. No more chains. No, 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 no. You're not a slave to it anymore. You're not a servant to that anymore. But you've become servants of righteousness. You have given up your, your will to the Lord and said, God, whatever you called me to do for the sake of the gospel, I will do. Many people thank God for our great missionaries around the world that have given up their American homes, <clears throat> you know, large paying incomes in some cases, uh, the pleasures, uh, and being near all the family and all the things that they love have went to different parts of the world where in some places it's very dangerous. Yes, why? Because they became servants to righteousness. Not just they, but even the, the born-again Christian that is not even a preacher, that's not doing anything major in a church, guess what? You became a servant to righteousness when you gave up your alcohol and you gave up your drugs and and you, you and on a daily basis, you say no to those things and you're just not going to serve those sins anymore. Hallelujah. You're just not going to do it. Praise God. Now we're, we're going to, into verse 19. We're going to take a quick break. I will be right back with you. My book, The Argument for Holiness, has four chapters. The Jezebel Spirit, chapter two is the watchman on the wall. Chapter three is the spirit of holiness. Chapter four, cleansing the temple. I want to give you some testimonies that have come back about the book, The Argument for Holiness. The first one is by Julie. It says, this book has definitely challenged me to return to the scriptures and look again to what holiness is and to examine the principles of holiness that I have practiced in my walk with God. I agree. The word has to be our only source for instruction in holiness. Another testimony about the argument of holi for holiness, for anyone interested in the topic of holiness, this book is an excellent resource. Lots of scripture to help the reader understand what God says about it. Easy to read style, provides a great guide for a personal study of holiness. 
by Jennifer M. And another one about the argument for holiness is from Christy W. All four sections are wonderful and well explained. Just the chapter on the Watchmen is worth it. Overall, really good book. You can get the argument for holiness in a Kindle format or paperback. Go to Amazon today. Well, praise the Lord. We're going to go right back into this uh, chapter six, now beginning at verse 19. The Apostle Paul writes, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. Now, the word infirmity in the Greek can actually mean several things. Uh, it could mean temptations, could be trials, and even sickness. But here, looking at the context of the chapter, I believe we can uh, surely uh, and confidently say that it's referring to temptations and trials in the flesh, temptations in the flesh. Okay, so I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, even so, now yield your members' servants or slaves to righteousness unto holiness. So Paul said, you did yield. You've been yielding. You lived your life yielding your body, your hands, your feet, your eyes, your ears, your taste, your entire body was yielded to sin, to uncleanness, to iniquity. But he said, even so now, yield your members, your body, your limbs, your thoughts, your eyes, the words that you speak. Yield yourself as servants or slaves to righteousness unto holiness. See, it is up to you. There are people, okay, that have been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and many have never really got grounded. They live a very carnal and sinful life. There are others that have lived strong for God, but they begin to slip away into sin, and they begin to yield their body to uncleanness, to iniquity, and they become servants to sin, even having the Holy Ghost. See, this is not once saved, always saved. That, that is not the teaching of the Bible. He said, even so now, yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. It is your decision. You make up your mind to do this. That's right. You make up your mind to yield yourself unto God. You make up your mind to say no to sin. Now, many years ago, uh, the bumper stickers used to be very popular that just said simply this, just say no. And they were referring to drugs, just say no. But we must be that when it comes to sin. Amen. You do have the right to turn away. 
you have the ability to say no. Though the temptation may pull at you, it may cause you to strain and suffer and and uh, so on and so forth. But you can be victorious. The scripture says that uh, the Lord would make would make a way in the time of temptation that God would make a way to escape. So there's always a way out. Okay, one big thing that people fail to do many times is they fail to abstain from the appearance of evil, as the scripture says. They fail to abstain. They put themselves in positions and situations and in places where temptation can be much stronger. Never think that you should or you can just put yourself in a situation uh, to see how strong you are or to show how strong you are. That is completely wrong, completely unbiblical. We need to flee youthful lust. We need to flee what the world is uh, promoting to us. I don't worship. We should not worship with the world. We should not worship their little gods. Jesus said himself, that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination to God. I don't cheer and I don't shout with the world. No, I don't. I don't cheer and I don't shout with the things that they love. Why? Because I'm not a servant to these worldly things anymore. I don't love them anymore. Amen. My, the scripture says, set your affections on things above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. That's right. That's right. That's what we need to do. Okay, so we need to yield our members' servants. What is that? Our slaves, our members of our body, hands, arms, legs, eyes, ears. Okay, what kind of music do you listen to? You know, there's, there is a, a, a disease, a spiritual disease, and some churches among some people, people in apostolic ranks that feel like they can listen to worldly music and it does not affect them. They're already affected is why they're listening to it. They've already given over to some things, see. <clears throat> okay, number one, they don't have a prayer life. They should because God would convict them through their prayer life. That's right. When you have a daily prayer life, that sin begins to come to the surface. Amen. That that dross begins to come to the surface and God can skim that off the top through your fiery prayers. Praise God. God will convict you and I through our seeking after him. And that's what he wants. He wants to convict us. You know, I don't wait till I get to church for God to convict me. I don't wait till I get to church to pray through. Amen. It's something I work on every day. Monday and every day of the week, I'm working on praying through, and that's how we need to be. But some people, they 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 leave their church services to get their breakthroughs, to repent, uh, and, and but you know, Paul said, "I die daily." If you're dying to sin, we already talked about that earlier in the 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 previous podcast. Being dead to sin, you need to be dead to sin. If you're dead to it, you won't respond to it. The man in the casket does not respond to the pack of cigarettes that's laid on his chest that he used to smoke. He's dead to it. When you and I are dead to sin, 
We don't respond to it. We don't want it. We don't desire. And even if there is a pull, even if there is a temptation to do it, we have the ability to say no. All right. Verse 20. For when you were the servants of sin or the slaves, think about that powerful, you know, just changing the word to slave compared to servant. Because we think of a slave, I don't don't think of it as being so bad, but in the Greek, it's defined as a slave, right? A slave that gave up their rights, either on of his own, his own, in fruition, or he was forced to give up his rights and, and give up his will. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. <clears throat> he says it again. He's reiterating on the fact when you serve sin, when you were a slave to sin, you didn't have any righteousness. You can't serve two masters. You cannot serve sin and serve righteousness. The devil cannot force you. He cannot make you. Well, the old saying is that the devil made me do it. No, he didn't really make you do it. You just you decided to. Sure, there are spirits, amen, that have hold of people because of their past. And sometimes there are levels of deliverance that needs to take place in them. Praise God. That's another subject. All right, verse 21. What fruit had you then in those things wherever you are now ashamed? Hmm. For the end of those things is death. I don't have any fruit in, in the things that I'm ashamed of. You're ashamed of the, some things that you did in your past, in, in your before you came to God, or maybe in your backslidden state that you were in, or whatever it was, those are things many times we don't want to talk about, because that's the old man. It doesn't glorify God, but we glorify God by righteous living. We glorify God by holy living. Amen? Praise God. That is absolutely the truth. Let me go back and read 20 and 21 again. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free. There was no righteousness. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? 22. Uh, but now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Now the worldly churches out there, <clears throat> what they're teaching is Many of them, and most of them, are teaching you that you are, when you get saved, you are automatically holy before God, but on the other hand, you cannot keep from sinning. Uh, That is a complete contradiction, or should I say an oxymoron. You cannot have it both ways. They're saying You can serve two masters, even though Jesus said you can't, all right? You know the verse, okay? But now being made free from sin, he keeps, how many times have we read that? Free from sin. What does free from sin mean? That means I don't have any sin. Well, everybody sins every day a little bit. Really? Where did you read that in the Bible? No, that's what the worldly churches are teaching. That's not a biblical teaching that we sin every day. 
We do make mistakes, but we don't practice sin. We don't get up and live the life that we used to do. Sure, we make mistakes from time to time. Amen. But thank God for his mercy through repentance and restoration. Amen. But what I'm teaching here today is you can say no and you can maintain your righteousness. You can maintain your holiness before God. Let's look at it again. But now being made free from sin. I want you to get this and become servants, slaves to God. You've decided to have your fruit, your actions, the things you do, your attitudes, the words, the the things you read, the things you look at, the things you listen to, unto holiness and the end everlasting life. You can't have it both ways. All right, the last verse, 23. For the wages of sin is death, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, many of us can quote that verse. But you know what? We really need the rest of that chapter to go along with it. It's one thing to quote verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. That means if you live in sin, you're going to die spiritually. That means you're going to suffer eternal punishment. You'll be lost. That's what that means. For the wages of sin. You cannot serve sin And you cannot be the slave to sin and a slave to holiness. You cannot be a slave to sin and a slave to righteousness at the same time. Amen. You cannot. This is what this whole chapter is about. Again, Jesus said, no man can serve or be a slave to two masters. For the wages, the payday of sin is death. But the gift, he doesn't even call it a payday for us. He calls it a gift because that's what it is. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Well, my brother, my sister, isn't this beautiful? Isn't this a beautiful chapter here? Isn't it powerful? It's, It's truth to make you free. Amen. It's not a it's not a chapter of condemnation. It's not a chapter to make one feel guilty, but it's a chapter of freedom. It's a chapter of deliverance. And that is what God wants you and every one of us to walk in. Well, praise the Lord. Listen, if you appreciate our podcast, listen. There's no charge, as you know, but if you've you've been listening to our podcast and you've been blessed over and over, I'm going to say, click on that link below. You'll see a link in the description. Click on the link that goes to Amazon and take a look at our books. Okay, right now I've got nine. I'm working on my 10th book right now. All right, take a look at one of our books. If you haven't purchased our books, try one out. Support us by the, the by the purchase of one of our books and we surely thank you and we bless you in return until the next podcast this is brother rodis with everything apostolic thank you for listening to the everything apostolic podcast don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review for it as it provides tremendous feedback to this ministry 
Don't forget, more resources are available at www.charlesarodis.com. There you will find Pastor Rodis's books and also the newsletter and a free gift when you subscribe to the newsletter. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name. <laughs>